0: as the lane, 15-10! Touchdown,
1: Chargers! What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith as we get closer to training camp. Still a few weeks away, Money. Um... How was your 4th of July? Uh, There's a new platform called Threads that I think we're going to have to start posting on to to get Charger fans' reaction and questions. Uh, A lot going on as we get prepared for camp.
0: No doubt. Excited about Threads. We'll see what happens there. You know how I feel about Twitter. It's a cesspool. I avoid it It at all costs. I enjoy Instagram, so maybe I'll enjoy Threads. Who knows? We'll see what happens, but I'm up on there. You're up on there. The Chargers are on there. I saw Derwin. Derwin getting excited about some stuff. So yeah, maybe we will. 4th of July was great. Enjoyed it. I got a lot of questions about this being my downtime and how nice that is. And it is nice, but it also reminded me that we're only three weeks out. So very excited about being back out there. July 26th, uh, I believe is the first day. It's a Wednesday. I think that's right. I'll be out there with DJ doing the radio show from nine to noon. And that Saturday is get together or get back together, whatever the heck the NFL calls it, Saturday and be out there hosting it. It's going to be packed, uh, no doubt, much like last year. It'll be packed, and, and we're going to have a good time. And I'm, I love my downtime, and I love being able to to enjoy uh, just having the the radio show in the afternoon. But I, am, uh, I sorely miss the season and all of the people and, and all the Charger folks that we get to hang out with, and I'm very much looking forward to being out there at
1: OCC on July 26. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, the podcast changes a little bit too. We, we get to be there in person and actually talk to some of these guys face-to-face, learn about their offseason, learn how they're adjusting to the offense or defense. Um, this Chargers weekly podcast goes year-round. There's not a ton of new news from last week to this week, but Muddy, I do want to dig in a little bit on the offense because you did a great job breaking down kind of the the deficiencies in the defense last year, what needs to change, how the offense and defense can work better together. Um, I want to dive into Kellen Moore a little bit. And I think shortly after our podcast, Peter Schreger had a great conversation with Kellen Moore on his podcast entitled The Season. And I know you listened to it. Uh, I encourage all Chargers fans to watch and listen to it, but I'd love to dive into a little bit of what Kellen said. But just your, your thoughts on... Uh, what Peter was able to glean from Kellen in regards to the Chargers in his first year with the team,
0: I think it's just real rare, which is why you should go listen to it. You you often do not get coordinators that will do you know thirty or forty minutes, about forty minute pod if I remember right, no. that will do that. They just they they don't like doing it. They feel like the messaging should come from the head coach and the head coach only. So rarely do you get conversations like the one you got, especially one that was you know pretty forthcoming and and detailed and some great questions of course from from Peter they're both clearly uh, you know what i take away from that 40 minute conversation just sort of football nerds and they geeked out on on football and i think you'll you'll really enjoy it there's a lot of cowboy stuff in there obviously but but also quite a bit of charger stuff and i, I think there's reason why people are excited i think there's there was enough negativity fair or not Negativity last year surrounding what the offense was doing, what Joe Lombardi was calling, how the offense looked, that there's, I think, equal amounts of excitement about what we think it should look like based on the personnel that Tom Telesco and his staff has put together out there. And it feels like Kellen Moore is going to be a little bit more in step with sort of what a lot of people envisioned these last couple seasons for how this was going to look versus how it actually looked.
1: Yeah, so much speculation in regards to what it's going to look like with Kellen Moore in Los Angeles. But he he did say whatever Justin did really well the past couple of years, we're going to keep. We're going to mix in some Dallas stuff. Uh, But I think there's been a lot of talk about uh, the aggressive manner in which they may play. And what Kellen said about Justin was just the fact that he's such a smart decision maker that he's always going to make the, the right throw. But we're going to be a little bit more aggressive, I think, in in how we call it. And, you know, we we saw that last year, frankly, where where Justin will maybe almost to a fault make the right decision, whether it be a check down or or get it to the right guy. Uh, I I think seeing this offense a little bit more vertical, coupled with Justin's intelligence and and what he's done at a high level his first three years in the league – that's what everybody's excited to see at Jack Hammett in a few weeks, and then actually see that come to life in preseason and ultimately in September. Certainly. We, we talked about
0: that quite a bit last year, and it was something that, look, Joe Lombardi, like we said, rarely outside of scheduled press conferences, you know, rarely did you get a lot from him. But one of the things that I remember him saying privately, I, I feel like it was a private conversation. I'm pretty sure it was, but, you know, whatever, share it now was just that Justin processes so fast that sometimes he just gets to that open man and will take the five yards without letting the the deep routes develop just because why not get rid of it and let's 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 go. You know, let's go to second and six or second and five or second and four instead of instead of having second and ten. Because it's right there for you. So a lot of that I think was was baked in as Justin really works through his progressions as quickly if not you know, more quick than any other quarterback in the league. And we'll take the positive play. So it'll be interesting to see sort of how, you know, saying, hey, we need to be more vertical, we need to get to the deeper part of the field. Well, there's a lot of people that are involved in that. It's not just the call. Now, you know, building play calls that allow guys to get more open or have more options down the field or or having better protection inside – to allow those routes to develop, there's so many things that go into that. So just hiring an offensive coordinator isn't gonna magically turn this thing into the run and shoot. And you got four verticals going nonstop, and that's all you're doing is hucking it downfield. You know, it's it's how does the offensive line coalesce with, you know, new positions for a couple players, but at least they're the same players, which I think will will help it come together a lot quicker. But How are the tight ends at blocking? Is Trey McKitty ready to take that step? How does Kellen Moore coach him up? You know, what is Gerald Everett and Donald Parham's role? Are there going to be some new faces through training camp because they're working some of these pieces and they're not coming together? You know, there's just so much that goes into that. It's a little bit – I just feel like people – too many people are assuming that this is going to be a a much more – vertical threat offense without recognizing there's a lot that has to go into that you know Mike and Keenan have to be healthy at the same time is Quinton the starter is Josh Palmer the starter is Jalen Guyton going to be healthy with that 4-3 speed you know there's there's a lot that goes into it so it's a fun thing to envision but I I think it's important for everyone to keep in context how much has to go right
1: in order to take those shots downfield this is an underrated aspect of Kellen Moore. And I don't think we've talked about this money, but doing a little bit of digging when, when he came into the league and he got to Detroit, Joe Lombardi was his offensive coordinator yeah. for, for a period of time. So he knows how Joe operates. He knows the success that Joe has had and, and what his offense is all about. Uh, how important do you think that is that Kellen as a player is familiar with Joe Lombardi and then in turn can say, okay, well, I know that Joe is successful at this. Justin's really good at this, but I also think I can mix in my own flavor here. I just think that that connection uh, may mean something because there is some intimate knowledge of what Joe Lombardi did as an offensive coordinator uh, in, in terms of what Kellen was as a player. He was his coach. So the the fact that you can at least glean a little bit of, of what Lombardi is as an offensive coordinator and then add your own flavor to it, I think is an underrated aspect to all of this. Sure,
0: it's it's important for for people to to recognize that the plays are the same. I mean, most people are running the same offense. It's not like it's not like college football where they're running here. They're running a an Oklahoma spread here. This is an air raid. Oh, we're playing Navy. They're running the wishbone or, or the triple option like that. Just doesn't happen in the NFL. You know, with Paul Brown and Bill Walsh, there have been a couple. Monumental figures that have set some things into motion that everybody uses, and then they have their own tweaks to a lot of those sort of base plays. Much like defense, it's it's all very similar. So for for Kellen and I bring it up because you mentioned so he's he was the quarterback on the roster when Joe did not have a good run. It was Matthew Stafford's worst year yeah. in Detroit, so he was able to see okay what went wrong take pieces of that he played under Jason Garrett who was a former quarterback or he, I should say coached under Jason Garrett who was a former quarterback and had an opportunity to take pieces from that now look certain people can have an influence on you like clearly you know Vic Fangio had a huge influence on Brandon Staley a yep. huge influence there's no denying that and I, I think you look at like Kyle Shanahan huge influence on you know Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur, like they are, Kevin o, Kevin O'Connor, like all of those people are hugely influenced by, and really it's it's Kyle, but it's also his dad and it's also Alex Gibbs on the offensive line. There's so many different things that, that go into creating what your philosophy is as a coach. But I just, I think too many people are Beginning to envision this Chargers' offense looking dramatically different than it did last year. They're they're going to show up to SoFi Stadium Week One against the Dolphins, and it's going to be can you believe what we're watching? This is Justin Herbert's averaging yeah eighteen point eight yards per attempt. No, it's probably not going to be the case. You know, even in Kansas City, Andy Reid or or you know the most brilliant offensive play caller that we've seen probably since you know what bill walsh was doing you know that's that's just a little trick play here and there some nuances some eye candy some motion to get you thinking and and get the defense on their heels a little bit but you know we've seen it i've we've played the chiefs twice a year and i've seen the three by one over routes and staring at a linebacker kenneth murray or hayes pillard or somebody across from that guy on the inside going this doesn't end well i know this doesn't end well yeah there's there are those things, and and Kellen has done a lot of those great things in in Dallas. Well, I remember we played the Cowboys um, not last year, but it was week two. It was a couple of years ago. I feel yep. like yeah, two years ago. Yep. And I remember DJ pointing this out and and mentioning like this is brilliant what Kellen Moore is doing. So many teams have they get their play in, and the 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 quarterback wants to survey get my check with me's and maybe call an audible and then you're snapping the ball right around but under five seconds maybe right at zero and so the defense has an opportunity to try to jump the snap or really pin their ears back and get after you and what Kellen did in that game was Dak could get to the line of scrimmage snap it there's there's 25 seconds on the play clock very next snap all the way down to zero next snap snaps it at 16 next snap at 22 next snap at zero next snap at zero he was manipulating the play clock to not allow the defense to have any sort of rhythm about when they needed to get off because he wanted to neutralize the the get off of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and you know and it was it was really a, a, a freaking brilliant way to approach it and so I think things like that get you excited. You know, things like developing, you know, players like Gallup and Dalton Schultz and whomever his tight ends were, you know, and get creating, you know, helping mold Tony Pollard into one of the best running backs in the league along with Zeke and being able to do that while Zeke was still there making 15 million bucks a year. Those are the things that that you excited about about Coach Moore.
1: And hey, it didn't start great last year for the Cowboys. Week one, they scored three points uh, against the uh, the Bucks. Right. Dak Prescott got hurt, and you mentioned those guys like Gallup and Schultz. How about the development of Cooper Rush during that stretch where right. I think a lot of Cowboys fans thought that their season was over? They're like, oh shoot, well Cooper Rush is in there. We're not going to get Dak back for a while. Things are not looking good to start September, and, and they write the, they write the ship and and ultimately get to the postseason. Um, you brought up the third quarters last year and it was brilliant how you laid it out. Uh, Somebody commented about the first quarters and the offense and how the Chargers got off the slow starts at the beginning of games too. So I, you know, I I just dug into Kellen Moore. And again, there are so many factors that go into this, but I I think when you start aggressively in both the first half and the second half, that says something about your football team. Uh, Last year, the Chargers they only had five offensive touchdowns right. in the first quarter. Uh, the Cowboys had 10, so they double that. In the, that. Third, in the third quarter, the Chargers had four touchdowns all year. Four offensive touchdowns all year. The Cowboys had 12. They tripled that. So, like the and these are simple things, right? The beginning of the first and the third, we know the Chargers had a majority of their success in in the second quarter. I think they had nineteen touchdowns. Yeah. Cowboys had uh, had fifteen, I believe. The the Cowboys they also ended game strong. So again, this is maybe the way the game is called. Maybe it's a li- called a little bit more aggressively. Maybe the running game is a little bit more efficient uh, under Kellen Moore, uh, Zeke. And tony pollard compared to what austin and joshua kelly did last year is night and day and austin a lot of his damage was done through the air so that right. that's why but um in, in terms of just getting first downs on the ground that's going to look a lot different so there's just little shades of what i saw in, in dallas money that, that i'm hoping that the chargers can benefit from with Kellen Moore at the controls
0: that's the that's the one thing that that well, this Look, one hand will wash the other on this. The running game was not good last year. They couldn't run the ball. And play action is so effective. And Justin Herbert was such an effective play action passer his first two seasons. And last year, especially his first season, and last year when the running game just had no success, it was a mess. There was less play action call, and the play actions that were called were less successful. So... That's important. And I think a big part of that is why they moved Zion over to the left side of the line, because we saw what you had two years ago with Matt Filer and Rashawn Slater over there. I mean, it was, it it was a mess. If you're a defense and you see those two guys come at you, they were just blowing open holes and they were creating lanes and they were pushing guys way off their spots in order to get this effective rush going on the left side. So, I think that's a big part of why they move Zion over there. We know Zion's maybe the strongest guy on the team. You know, you hear that, that that he's in that conversation as just being incredibly strong and powerful. So now you combine that with Rashawn Slater at the left tackle, well, now you've got something. It's kind of like... People point to Keenan on third down. He's the best third down receiver in the game. You feel great about what he's able to do in those small spaces and create enough room and present that target for Herbert and how successful that combination is at getting first downs on third down. Well, that's the left side of the line. Like that's That's what you can do. And if you add in a tight end that can block, well, now you're really cooking with gas. And now you're committing more resources for the defense over there because they've got to figure out a way to slow this down, and that's when your play action works. And now here's your vertical game. And now here's your shot plays. Or now here's your jet sweeps with Darius Davis working to the right side because they've committed all this, you know, all this defensive equity to the left side. So that's that's something that's important to remember is it's hard to take shots downfield when teams have no interest in honoring your run game and are willing to stack the box because they don't they don't view it as a threat even though Herbert's got this big arm and Mike Williams is the best 50-50 ball catcher in the game they just didn't view it as that much of a threat and you had no Rashawn Slater and obviously you had some issues along the offensive line no Corey Lindsley for a while Matt Filer took a big step back last year so there's a lot of things to go into that but I think we need to put more I shouldn't say attention, but it's probably more important if you really want to see those downfield passes, it's more important to focus on the run game because that's Mm -hmm. what's got to get going. You've got to get that run game working so they have to commit resources to the box. I know I just mentioned that is a reason why they couldn't take shots downfield, but now you've got an effective run game. Some guys are taking a step back when you snap, not knowing it's coming. That's where the play action works, and you can take those shots downfield.
1: It's not just the backs, it's the offensive line. And getting Rashawn back, obviously, is it's a no-brainer. He's an all-pro at left tackle. He moves Zion to the left side. Corey Lindsey's a stabilizer. Sawyer showed some promise. You put him at right guard, and then you have Trey Pipkins another year after having his best uh, season as a pro. So the offensive line, hopefully intact. Uh, the running backs, uh, it's a different story. I, I say this... Uh, I think the Chargers are confident in Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly. But I ask you this, and I, I frankly ask the fans, if, if you guys are watching this on YouTube or you know comment on Twitter or whatever, um, would you like to see the Chargers bring in additional competition at the running back position as we get closer to camp? I mean, there's some names out there, right? Zeke's still out there, Fournette's out there, Kareem Hunt's out there. Would you want to see another veteran added to this stable in in July to at least compete money with Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly to identify uh, that second running back that can maybe be that that 1A to Austin. I'm just looking at Zeke and Pollard's numbers last year. 424 carries, over 1,880 yards, 21 touchdowns, 129 first downs on the ground. The Chargers only had 93 first downs on the ground. 4.3 yards per carry, middle of the pack, but, but still, the, like you said, the, the running game was something that needed to be respected in Dallas, and that opened up things down the field. So I, I liked what Josh
0: Kelly did last year. I thought he played very well. Unfortunately, he got hurt again, and that's a concern. I don't know what to expect from Isaiah Spiller because I haven't seen anything from him. So I, I can't project what he's going to look like in this offense or how he's going to perform in this offense. I think the, the one thing that happened last year was they did sign the veteran. They signed Sony Michelle. And I'm not going to lie, every time he jogged onto the field, I was like, what are we doing? It just wasn't working. You know, this, and, and I know you, we talked to coaches about that, and they said, well, it's not fair to Sony. He's being asked to get a yard or two yards. So he's only getting two yards or three yards, but he's getting us those first downs in short yardage situations. But I think if, if you just watched the plays, he didn't have the same explosiveness or the same physicality, the yards after contact that Joshua Kelly had. So to me... It was a development inhibitor. I would have rather just taken every single snap that was given to him and have had given it to either Joshua Kelly or Isaiah Spiller. So that's the one thing to be careful about. Is there a reason why Kareem Hunt is signed? Is there a reason why Zeke is still out there? Did you know, did the evaluator see something from the film that tells them the explosions not there, the juice is not there? So that's to me, it's on Callan Moore. He'll watch. He'll watch everything from last year, every single snap, and he'll figure out, yeah, Josh Kelly can, Joshua Kelly can be that guy. He can definitely be that guy. So I, I think that's where they're starting. I think if you were going to commit resources with the limited amount of cap space you have left, I would rather see it at a bit of a more premium position. as an edge rusher, a corner, the safety to get some safety depth you know, as a protection if JT Woods isn't ready to take that next step. So maybe you can play too high and have Derwin be that slot corner or that extra that dollar, that linebacker, whatever, you know, that's that's sort of where I would would rather look. Just I do have I I do have faith in both Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly being a formidable one two punch. The main concern is just staying healthy. So in and again, it's not just on the running back. You know, it's on the offensive line. It's on the design. It's on a lot of different things. It's on, you know. And look, I want to see it. I'm, I, you know, I have it right here. Like I'm looking at, you know, Dak in from 2016, 2017, 2018. He had six rushing touchdowns in each of those seasons. He rushed for five, six point three, four 5.3 yards per five point two yards per carry. So there's five years in a row: five yards, six three, four one, five three, five two yards per carry. Like that's what we need to get back to. You look at. That's what the Chargers need to get back to. You look at Justin Herbert, 2020, 55 carries, five rushing touchdowns, 4.3 per carry. 2021, three rushing touchdowns, but he had 28 first downs that year. I mean, 63 carries. Like, that's what they have to get back to, and that's going to help the running game. When you have to account for all – you know, when you have to account for that extra man – You've got 11 versus 11, that changes the, the calculus and, and puts the defense at a disadvantage as opposed to 11 on 10 because they don't account for the quarterback as being a running threat.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I think we've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times. I remember that game against Pittsburgh where Justin was running all over the place because they were giving it to him. Justin's so smart. And, and you know, it goes back to his decision making, just finding the right guy. Justin knows when to get down. I think after that, his first start, after getting. Uh actually he actually laid out the linebacker for the Chiefs. He did, yeah. I think he realized that okay, I, I have to be a little bit more smarter about how I run the football. But I, I love the fact that uh Kellen Moore could get Justin involved in the running game. And I and I found it frustrating last year, Money. I think we talked about it last week or two weeks ago. Joshua Kelly was getting six, five, six yards a rip, and then they would take him out and Sonny Michel would go in. Uh, very Joshua honest. Kelly J- Joshua Kelly, I think in the Cleveland game, it was a good example of him just you know that's what we saw in training camp right we saw a leaner joshua kelly we saw a guy with more muscle and uh, it's i think it's all contingent on his health um i i have faith in joshua kelly and isaiah spiller i'm just curious if you if you add more competition th- there's so many guys out there besides running backs though like you know we talk about in dockway and Clowney and bryce callahan and, and johnson all those kind of premium positions that you mentioned it may be in the Chargers' best interest to kind of sit back, see how camp goes. You can always bring a running back in, and it, there's a reason why maybe Fournette and Hunt and, and Zeke, they haven't found a home yet because there's not that huge demand in terms of money.
0: And it's it's a two-way street. Those guys are going to want reps. They're going to want to go somewhere because they think they can extend their career a couple more years. So. Of they're they're gonna evaluate the opportunity and say I don't want to be a three. I, I need to be the two, or I need to have a, a legitimate shot at being the number one, so I can try to make you know, a couple more million bucks next year. Probably gonna be stuck with a veteran's minimum incentive laden contract this year. So imagine it's a, a minimum with incentives. Well, I gotta hit those incentives. So now I've you know I've got to go somewhere where I have a realistic opportunity to attain the the goals that have been been put in front of me so I can make my bonuses so that's what it'll come down to and and like I said I I would be very surprised if any of those players were added it would have to go you know it would have to be a couple weeks of training camp and Kellen Moore and Brandon Staley huddling with Tom and and Jojo and and John and the staff and saying I don't think it's right I don't think the room's right I feel good Zeke's still out there I think Kareem Hunt's a great addition you know that's what would it, what it would come down to. It's not something that I suspect would happen before training camp. Same thing on the defensive line. Yeah, you know, Thule's going to be great, but he's young. I don't think he's quite ready yet. Chris Rumpf isn't quite taking that. Like that's the conversation that it'll be. You know, are we are we comfortable with Asante in the slot because he's an outside corner and has been an outside corner, but we're putting him in the slot. Are we okay with that? We de- do we want to put J.C. in the slot and have Sante stay outside? Okay, if not, well, Bryce Callahan's still out there. You know what he did last – like, that's the way that I envision this going. I, I wouldn't – if I were a Charger fan and I'm, I'm refreshing the transaction page every single day, I wouldn't get too excited about any of those names being added anytime soon unless it's a prior relationship and you get a call and it's – you know, it's John Johnson saying, "Hey, Coach, I'll come for the minimum. Just get me out there. I, you know, I don't want to keep waiting around. Give me some incentives. If I become the starter, you don't have to give me seven million bucks. You know, give me two point five with some incentives, and I'll be there tomorrow. Like that's the way that maybe something could could come together."
1: Yeah, the first two weeks of free age or free agency of training camp, you know, with injuries, and you yeah. actually see what you have in some of these rookies and some of these guys in a new offense or defense, that's when moves can can actually accelerate a little bit more. Right, um, Buddy, I'll get you out of here on this. I, I want to get your take because you talked about the third quarters uh, last week. The first quarters, starting strong, being aggressive uh, offensively. The Chargers only had five touchdowns in the first quarter last year. What was it like calling those games – knowing that a majority of them, after the first quarter, it was 0 3-3, 7-3 in favor of the opponent. And how do you think the complexion of this team changes if they actually start fast and get out in front of opponents? Oh, it changes everything.
0: changes everything. It's It was... It was tough to call, I'm not going to lie, because it was hanging over them. They haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter for seven games. Like, we had a streak like that. It was Mm -hmm. crazy. And so you knew it was there, or they have not scored a touchdown. I, I remember the opening possession was something ridiculous. It was crazy how many games they went without scoring a touchdown on the opening possession. And you'd like to think you come into a game with the script or you feel really good about, the. okay, we've scouted this other team. That's led to this set of plays that we feel really good about going into this game to take advantage of the mismatches that we have identified, and let's go, let's go capitalize. And they just weren't able to do it. So that, I think, is a big reason why Kellen Moore is here, is you've got all week to plan. You've got, and this goes back to what we talked about on the other side of the ball with Brandon Staley and how good the defenses were in the first half. It's like, okay, Staley and his defensive staff have scouted the opponent, They have put together this game plan for how we're going to attack this offense and knock them off their spots and not let them get comfortable, and it worked. Game in and game out, seemingly, it worked. Rarely did you see a team jump the Chargers and get out to these big leads early. So I think that's something that they're hoping Kellen Moore can put together. You've had a week to prepare. Here's our 20 plays that we feel really good about, let's go score a touchdown early and immediately put the pressure on, knowing you've got, when everyone's healthy, this complement of weapons in Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Quentin Johnston, Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett, Justin Herbert, that's you're going to be in a 10 or 14-0 hole if you don't trade punches right away. It's the Chiefs. That's That's what everyone's chasing. That's what everyone is trying to be where if you punt or you kick a field goal, you're now eh, freaking out a little bit because you're like, this could be 14-3 to three in a hurry. This is 17-0 this is in a hurry. So that's something that, that I'm assuming they're, they're going to be looking at and would love to see an improvement in because, like you said, five touchdowns in the first quarter and just regular failure on the opening drive is, has got to change.
1: When you look at the defense, how they performed in December, just the game plan against Miami, um, the Colts, how dominant they were against the Colts and Nick Foles and, and really had no points to show for it in the first quarter. Um, those are the frustrating games where you're like, man, all right, the, the defense has come to play. We have to get out on opponents and, and score a touchdown. You know, When you script those first 15 plays, they should result in points. And there's far too many times last year with the Chargers – just could not get going in the first quarter, and we mentioned the third quarter. So just starting each half fast, and you know we saw what Kellen Moore did in the fourth quarters of last year. I think they had a 33-point fourth quarter against the Colts last year. I think one of them was a defensive touchdown, but closing games strong, um, always having your foot on the gas, right? 100%. Yeah,
0: 100%. With this talent, and that's what was so frustrating about last year. I mentioned it. I think I said heavy you know, that they were stack boxes. No, they were light boxes, and they were still stopping the run. And so they're able to commit resources downfield because they had no concern that the Chargers were going to be able to effectively run the ball. So you've got to create you've got to take advantage of your weapons and you've got to take advantage of your advantages. And that's three guys out there, two on the outside, one in the slot that are six three or taller, that are plenty fast, that, you know, now open things underneath for Austin Eckler, and now you're, you're, you're committing resources downfield. Well, here comes Austin Eckler out of the backfield, and we know what he can do with the ball in his hand. How many people get – you're going to put a linebacker on Eckler? All right, good luck with that. Like, that's, that's what we're talking about. And they just weren't able – they weren't able to do it last year, point blank. They weren't. Yeah. For whatever reason, there was – first and ten became second and eight on a run, became third and six on a quick – you know, on stick to the underneath – just guy planted three yards upfield and three and out. And it just – it's got to change. Like you said, I don't know if it's if, – if, if aggressive is the right word. It's really just execution. You know, they they have to execute better to move the ball down. Flipping the field's great and giving your defense an advantage on a first possession so you don't go three and out and now they flip the field on you and what a mess. And No, nah, it's just – I think it's – I think you put it best. You know, you've, you've got to put some pressure on these teams to, because how many, there's just not that many teams that have what the Chargers have. They should fear the offense. They should go into the game going, what the hell are we going to do? How are we going to contend with this? You know, well, if we commit resources here, well, now we're screwed with Austin Eckler. If we commit resources to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen's destroying us in the middle of the field you know like there's so many ways for this offense to cut you to ribbons you you, and and health is a big part of it you just love to see and I think that's the one thing just real quick I'll finish with this Chris that's one thing people forget is how how hurt or you could even say injured Justin Herbert was last year it's a completely different guy after he got the rib injury and now we found out he had to have shoulder surgery after the season so it's important to remember that, that Justin Herbert was not himself last year because, well, he wasn't. His, his body wasn't whole. So his body's whole. Everybody's healthy this first week. Let's see what this team can do against a really, really good Miami defense.
1: It's, I think it's the number one thing to reflect on. Uh, you know An offensive coordinator can catch a lot of heat for play calling and, and things that happen um, throughout the course of each season. But um, Justin Herbert had broken rib cartilage in week two, man. He was not himself, and he played every game tough as nails. He did not have Keenan for a large stretch of the season. He did not have Mike for a good chunk of this season. He did not have Mike in the Jacksonville game. Um, The the offensive line, you lose your franchise all-pro left tackle. So, you know, those those are things that are out of the coordinator's control that, that happened last year and I think was a result of why there were slower starts and why the offense maybe wasn't as efficient. This year, I think it's a podcast was meant to make you guys excited and cautiously optimistic Mm -hmm. about Kellen Moore and a healthy Chargers offense. And I think that's what everybody's looking forward to when they get to Jack Hambit Sports Complex for get together Friday or Saturday that money's hosting. We're going to get together and you're going to watch Kellen Moore do his thing. Get
0: together Saturday or something like that. Yeah. I feel like it's the 29th. We'll be out there together, having a good time. (laughs) Enjoying the oh, carnival-like yeah. atmosphere, all the Charger fans, players in paths. It's going to be – just think back to last year, or, you know, the last few years in training camps, just all the great highlights. It's just a training camp, but you think back to last year and how excited we were about J.C. Jackson, how good he looked in, in training camp a couple years prior – Derwin versus – or maybe it was last year, whatever, the Derwin versus Kittle thing. Oh, there sweet. was the Joey Bosa versus Trent Williams one-on-one reps. There was the – it's just – it's so much fun to to watch some of these guys. And that's yeah, – I'm anxious to watch JT Woods out there take the next step. You know, we saw with Asante Samuels rookie year, it was like, ooh, this guy's going to – this guy might end up making an impact. Like, that's the fun stuff, you know, going out and, and watching Quentin Johnston out there. And and watching all these new draft picks, and and getting excited about you know Thule out there. Think about Thule working one on one with like Rashawn Slater. Like that's going to be a blast. You know, seeing things like that.
1: Yeah. Well, last week you used it. I think as a term of endearment, uh, calling Chargers fans weirdos if they're listening in uh, yeah. July and into June. And there was a lot of weirdos that checked in proudly. That said, hey, Absolutely. weirdo here checking in on Chargers Weekly. So we appreciate you guys man. very much. Like I said, keep Chargers Weekly weird. Let's go. Keep it weird, baby. All right. For Money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly. We'll see you next week.